Hey everybody, it's JP. Today we're going to be reviewing the Mountain Dew Merry Mashup, Cheetos Bag of Bones, and Hershey's Milk Chocolate Coated Almonds Sugar Cookie Flavor. Let's eat. Hi, and welcome to Junk Foodies, the podcast where we talk about, review, and rate the foods your parents said would spoil your appetite. Today, my guest is Avery of the Mess Hall Podcast. How are you doing, Avery? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. Glad that you're here. So a quick reminder of how we do this, Avery. We're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, we're going to try a couple of the foods I brought, and um, then we got a star rating system that we'll employ at the end, where you rate things from between one and three stars, and you are allowed to do half stars if you feel the need. Uh, one is, you know, I'm kind of indifferent to this or I wouldn't pick it up again. Two, I'd probably pick this product up again. And three is just like best of the best. Oh my God, this is amazing and I want more now. Sound good? Yeah, it does. Um, cool. So as we're heading into the drink part of our program, what would you say is your typical drink of choice? I usually Coke Zero. Okay. I And it's not because of the sugar content. I actually enjoy... The flavor of Coke Zero over Coke. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel about Diet Coke? I don't like it. It has yeah. this weird aftertaste. Same as Diet Pepsi. Yeah. So I, I'm, a, I'm a Coke Zero fan myself, and I think I initially got into it because I, it just, it's like if it tastes close, close enough to Coke and I don't have to drink a can of sugar, I'm going to do that. Now I do find that I prefer the taste to it. And Diet Coke to me just always tastes so watery. It tastes like... Uh, Coke Zero that someone left ice in and it melted, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, so crazy about, about Diet Coke, but all right. And and have you tried any of the flavored uh, Coke Zeros? Like, I think they have cherry and, and vanilla. Yeah, I tried cherry, which I do enjoy, and you don't always get it here. Yeah. When I was in the States last time, they had orange Coke Zero, and I really enjoyed that one. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay, I'll have to keep an eye out for that one next time I'm down. All right. Do you have any memory that sticks out revolving around junk food specifically? Not like an exact memory, but I always enjoyed it. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I've never shied away from sweets. Yeah. I'm a bigger guy, so yeah. I've always had those. I've had a sweet tooth for a while. Like, okay. Usually, yeah, like chips, more of a savory kind of thing. So mm. that type of junk food and not always the sweetest stuff. I'm more of a sweet fan now than I used to be. Like growing oh, up, interesting. I wasn't the, uh, Biggest chocolate bar fan, but now I do enjoy like a good Oh Henry or Coffee Crisp. Yeah, that's really interesting to me because I, I typically think of sweet tooth as something that kids enjoy really sweet stuff. But then as we grow older, we kind of move away from that. If you think about like the coffee drinker who started out with like four sugars in his coffee and now yeah. he just drinks it black, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that your sweet tooth kind of developed later in life. That's uh, anything to do with uh, you're a dad, anything to do with having a kid in the house or did that uh, was that independent of that? No, I don't think so. But now now that we're talking about it, yeah. I, the sweetness was always there because I remember Kool-Aid as a kid. Ah. And I always had Kool-Aid growing up. And <laughs> I remember if I made it compared to my mom would make it, my mom would make it with like the cup of sugar. If right. I made it or my brother would make it, probably a cup and a half to two cups oh, of sugar. Right. So it was pretty darn sweet. There was an exchange so. rate happening there. Yeah. Okay, well, there's your 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 uh, junk food memory then. It was making Kool Aid when you were a kid, and, and favorite Kool Aid flavor? Do you remember what it was? Probably cherry, cherry or classic or orange. Yeah, um, not grape. Okay, but I, all right. It was probably there a lot as well. So yeah, yeah, cool. 
Uh, nowadays, what's your go-to snack between meals if you're going to have something? I don't know if I have a go-to snack. Maybe maybe just a piece of bread with peanut butter. That's uh, nice. pretty standard, pretty easy. And I, I enjoy peanut butter. I really like peanut butter, so... Very funny you're saying this. Obviously, our, our listeners can't hear can't hear what I'm wearing, but I'm wearing a Skippy peanut butter shirt yeah. today. So, are you a, a Skippy fan or Jif or no? Just Kraft Crunchy. Okay. I I've tried the other ones. I've tried Skippy. I've tried uh, the Mr. Peanut one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I keep on going back to Kraft. Kraft. All right. And Crunchy. You like the Crunch? Yeah, I, I like Crunchy. It's smooth as it's all right. I'll have it in a pinch. Like, yeah. I have some Jiffy or Jif peanut butter cups like just a single serve ones in the fruit okay yeah in the closet for camping and stuff yeah and if if i ran out of peanut butter i would have to have one i wouldn't shy away from it but yeah i there's two things in in the house here that we don't run out of ketchup and peanut butter (laughs) (laughs) you guys are we're right in line because those are two condiments that need to be in my life at all times as well yeah and i can snack on peanut butter endlessly and i think ketchup is one of my favorite condiments it's a little bit boring maybe but man a burger and fries uh, ketchup needs to be involved in that oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right and what is one item talking about things you don't like what's one item that is to you just inexplicably popular that you can't stand or you just don't get what all the fuss is about mushrooms ah okay so you really don't like now is that a flavor thing or a texture thing because i hear i've heard both about mushrooms i'm a very texture orientated person yeah. when it comes to eating so mushrooms are very big on texture with me i just don't like the I'll, I'll pick them off pizza right and i'll still eat pizza i'll have i really like mushroom duck cell in beef wellington yeah so I, I like that because it's so broken down yeah and cooked it's just flavor basically yeah. And like shrimp is the same way for me. I don't like the texture of shrimp and lobster, that grainy texture. Okay, almost, yeah. So. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. All right. So if, as the Beef Wellington example, you said, if there was something with mushrooms in it and the flavor was there, that wouldn't bother you so much. It's more just getting a chunk of mushroom that you're not crazy about. Exactly. Ah, all right. All right. That brings us to uh, the drink segment of the podcast. Before we get started on that, here's some fun facts about Mountain Dew. <laughs> Tennessee bottlers Barney and Allie Hartman developed Mountain Dew as a mixer in the 1940s. Soft drinks were sold regionally in the 1930s, and the Hartmans had difficulty in Knoxville obtaining their preferred soda to mix with liquor, preferably whiskey, so the two developed their own. Mountain Dew was originally Southern and or Scots-Irish slang for moonshine. Charles Gordon, who had partnered with William Swartz to bottle and promote another beverage named Dr. Enough, was introduced to Mountain Dew when he met the Hartman brothers on a train and they offered him a sample. Gordon and the Hartman brothers subsequently made a deal to bottle Mountain Dew by the Tri-Cities Beverage Corporation in Johnson City, Tennessee. The Hartman brothers also asked Coca-Cola for input on their soda. It is reported that the Coca-Cola company refused their offer. The Tip Corporation of Marion, Virginia bought the rights to Mountain Dew, revising the flavor and launching it in 1961 nationwide. In 1964, PepsiCo purchased the Tip Corporation and thus acquired the rights to Mountain Dew. Between the 1940s and 80s, there was only one variety of Mountain Dew, which was citrus-flavored and caffeinated in most markets. Diet Mountain Dew was introduced in 1988, followed by Mountain Dew Red, which was introduced and discontinued in 1988. In 2001, a cherry flavor called Code Red debuted. 
This product line extension trend has continued with expansion into specialty, region-specific, retailer-specific, and limited-time production varieties. That last one including the seasonal version, first released during the holidays in 2018, and now re-released in 2019. Now tell me, we have the Mountain Dew Merry Mashup Holiday Limited Edition. It says on the front of the can here, cranberry pomegranate flavor with other natural flavors. What were your thoughts on this drink? Had you ever had it before? I've never had it, but I did enjoy it. It it wasn't what I was expecting because mm. it wasn't that green Mountain Dew. Right. And it had a nice pomegranate flavor into mm-hmm. it. Uh, it was more, I thought the pomegranate came through more than the cranberry. Mm-hmm. And I do like pomegranate more than I like cranberry juice. Okay. I will drink cranberry juice, but not if I don't have to. Right. But yeah, the pomegranate juice was nice. I do I do enjoy pomegranate juice, so. Yeah, you know, I, I've never had this before either. It was kind of fluke that I found it. It reminded me of, I don't know if you ever had this when you were a kid, but sometimes around the holidays, there'd be like a punch and, you know, it might have like a bottle of ginger ale in it and some types of fruit juices. And, and I remember like an ice ring floating in it. I just have this memory of it. <laughs> and that's what it reminded me of. It had like a holiday punch kind of flavor specifically one made with either like seven up or ginger ale and so there was that setting aside the pomegranate which you're right the pomegranate flavor came through really really impressively i don't know if it's natural in pomegranate flavor or artificial it's kind of hard to say because they list both natural flavors and artificial flavors so who knows what's what but i definitely got the pomegranate and it tasted like real fruit juice uh, whether it was or not i got a little bit of the cranberry as well but then yeah there was that there was an aspect to it that kind of zing that I don't know if it was a lemon-lime or a ginger or, or a little bit of both. Did you get that, too? Yeah, towards the end of the palette. Yeah. Like, I think that Mountain Dew-ness came through at the right. end. Right, yeah, whatever that flavor is, whatever, yeah. however you would describe Mountain Dew. Green Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, that would be the artificial part yeah. of the flavoring, right? That's, the, that's what Mountain Dew is, that green flavor. Yeah, so. exactly. It kind of reminded me as well, setting aside my impression of like a punch, of maybe a cocktail of some type, maybe like a cosmopolitan or again, something cranberry, a vodka cranberry with, with maybe a little bit of ginger ale or something like that. So overall yeah. it was, uh, it was quite nice. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from with that. You're yeah. right. All right. So going right into the savory part of our um, discussion, would you consider yourself a sweet or a savory person? I think we already kind of talked um, about this, but probably more of a sweet now than savory. But, okay. But I do like both. So. Yeah. Yeah, like me, you're you're not a you don't discriminate. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. When you were growing up, what was your most common after school snack? I don't think I had too much after school snack mm. because we ate supper at four thirty. Oh wow! So that's what time my parents always ate supper. They still eat supper at four thirty. Wow, that's early. So by the time you get home, probably around three thirty ish after yeah. school. Yeah. There wasn't I, much eating happening. No, there wasn't much time in between then and supper, so. Okay, and did you have any, if supper was so early, did you have like in front of the TV later, any after-dinner snacks or? Nothing that really stands out in my mind. Okay. Um, probably peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. those are kind of the classic, aren't yeah. they? And what nowadays is your favorite treat? Like if you're going to treat yourself, not just with a day-to-day kind of thing, but if you're going to give yourself something kind of special, what would that be? I think it would be making a really nice supper. Mm. Like the other day, we didn't know what we wanted for supper. And I really wanted to treat ourselves. So I got some scallops, got some fresh pasta. Or it was fresh gnocchi and just yeah. made a pasta with that. So nice. just those 
like one-off meals that I would want to bump up and have a really nice meal. That's what, right. That's Not what the everyday kind of thing. That's yeah. Something kind of special. Exactly. Cool. Cool. It sounds delicious. All right. Now we've got this snack here. You're probably wondering what Cheetos bag of bones has to do with my holiday theme. <laughs> And here's how I'm going to tie that in. You've heard of the film The Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, this is my nod to The Nightmare Before Christmas. We've got these skeleton-shaped Cheetos. Before we get into trying those and talking about them, here are some fun facts about those. Cheetos is a brand of cheese-flavored puff cornmeal snacks made by Frito-Lay, a subsidiary of PepsiCo. Fritos creator Charles Elmer Doolin invented Cheetos in 1948 and began national distribution in the U.S. The initial success of Cheetos was a major contributing factor to the merger between the Frito-Lay Company and the H.W. Lake and Company in 1961 to form Frito-Lay. In 1965, Frito-Lay became a subsidiary of the Pepsi-Cola Company, forming PepsiCo, the current owner of the Cheetos brand. In 2010, Cheetos was ranked as the top-selling brand of cheese puffs in its primary market of the United States. Worldwide, the annual retail sales totaled approximately $4 billion. The original Crunchy Cheetos are still in production, but the product line has since expanded to include 21 different types of Cheetos in North America alone. As Cheetos are sold in more than 36 countries, the flavor and composition is often varied to match regional taste and cultural preferences, such as savory American cream in China and strawberry Cheetos in Japan. Okay, so that was that. So here are the Cheetos. You're, I'm looking at the ingredient list while you're uh, giving those a try there, Avery. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? I thought they were they were all right. Mm-hmm. They weren't, I, I like regular Cheetos better. Right. I think the orange cheesy flavor comes out a little bit more than they did with this. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar with this product, this is a, a white cheddar Cheeto, so it's not your, your typical orange. When I'm looking at the ingredients, it's got, you would expect, you know, cornmeal. That's what all Cheetos are made out of. Uh, it does say cheddar cheese. I guess they're going with the white cheddar. It'd be interesting to compare the two labels between the two products. What exactly is different? And then there's some salt and, and you know, monosodium glutamate and, and lactic acid, etc. Um, I have to agree with you. Uh, sorry, I cut you off there a little bit. Did you have anything else to say about those in, in terms of your thoughts? No, but I, I like the regular Cheetos because even though they're very airy, there's more to them. Right. Instead of this little bite-sized little piece. Yeah. I agree with you that definitely there's more to them, a little bit more substantial maybe. Yeah. These were almost like like flavored air or like uh, eating like packing peanuts. Like they were like styrofoam in a way. Uh, in terms of like texture and, and how they felt in the mouth, I did get a little bit of that corn flavor that y- you get from Cheetos, but this was, I think the ratio of corn to cheese flavor was a lot more towards the corn and the cheese was pretty subtle. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of felt like it, it was just missing a little bit for me in terms of flavor and texture. And it's probably hard for them to put them into these specific shapes. They're shaped like rib cages and, and bones and stuff, skulls. Uh, it's probably hard for them to get them in the specific shapes and also keep them the same texture as a Cheeto would be my guess. So yeah, I, I did miss a little bit of that. And I, I t- t- typically go for a crunchy Cheeto over the puffy yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like the ones that are a little more substantial. So these were interesting and uh, you know I didn't hate them, but I uh, wouldn't say I loved them either. No, I, I agree with you. All right. Moving right along, we're in the sweet section here. What do you like to snack on if you're watching a movie or going to the movies? <clears throat> Sorry. I'm not much of a snacker at the movies. Hmm. Uh, 
I'll take maybe three or four pieces of my wife's popcorn. Okay. And that's about it. I don't okay. have, I don't keep on going in. But if I do get something, it's usually M&M's or Smarties or something like that. Okay. Just, okay. Go just, for the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Something easy, something simple, something that's not too loud. Right. Right. So, well, that's very considerate of you as a, you know someone who's got kind of sensitive hearing. And people eating is one of my kind of pet peeves, which is funny that I do a podcast where I get to listen to people eat. Uh, I It does bother me when I'm watching a movie and there's someone like eating through an extra large bag of popcorn and it's yeah. just like crunch, crunch, crunch. It sounds like a horse, uh, you know, chewing on oats or something. Yeah, or chips. Yeah, or chips. Yeah, definitely. All right. Being that this is a seasonal show, this is a, an appropriate question. What, what are your favorite seasonal snacks that you can only get certain times of the year? I'm not sure if I have seasonal snacks that you can only get through this time of year. Mm-hmm. But I'd have to say like there's some stuff that is Christmas orientated for me. So I'd say like rosebud candies, um, okay. chicken bones. You know, you can get these all throughout the year, but yeah. Just remembering my childhood, those are the type of things that we had right. at Christmas time. There's a nostalgic factor. Yeah, and that's like pot of gold chocolates. Right. And I know you can get these throughout the year, like I said, but they were around at Christmas a little bit more. So Now, chicken bones are an interesting one, and, and I think some of our listeners might not know what that is, so we're not talking about the actual bones of a, <laughs> of a formerly living chicken. I've seen them, and I think I'm probably going to grab them at some point. I think I might do an animal-themed show with you know foods that have names after animals. But can you describe those for those of us who haven't tried it, like myself? They're kind of pink, so I have an idea in my head of what they might taste like, but uh, maybe you could tell me what you think they taste like. They taste—it's been years since I had them, Yeah, and I just picked up a bag a couple weeks ago okay. because we're using it for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember them having this, like— Tootsie Roll chocolatey center. Interesting. Um, that would be the bone marrow, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and then the outside is this pink, like just hard candy, but it's not too hard and it like breaks apart. It's almost brittle. Kind of shatters. Okay. Yeah. So. And does the outside, is it just sweet or does it have a specific flavor associated with the pink? It probably does, but I can't pinpoint it because it's okay. been so long yeah. since I had it. Okay. I'm curious and, and it's probably good. I don't know. Cause I I'll go in with no preconceptions, but I, you know, I see pink and I, I think things like, um, you know, either like strawberry or maybe peppermint sometimes is pink. Yeah. So because they come around Christmas, I'm going to, if I had to put my money on something, I'm going to say peppermint, but I could be completely wrong. I guess I'll find out in a future episode. So <laughs> <laughs> do you have any odd combinations uh, of snacks or treats that you like that maybe some people would consider unusual? Uh, one thing that I've found out is people don't like ketchup on eggs. Okay, yeah. I love ketchup on eggs. Yeah. One, and probably the oddest thing that I used to have, and I haven't had it in a while, is peanut butter and mayo. Interesting. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. I was uh, interviewing a guy a couple of episodes back uh, from the South, from the U.S., and he said that that was one of his favorite combinations was a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. And oh. it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And now the second time with you. So uh, now he told me what the appeal there was for him. What, what is it for you? What do you like about that combination? It used to add a little bit of moisture to our drier peanut butter. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. And do yeah. you, does it, does it impact the flavor a lot or is it more to you about just making it a little bit more? No, it does impact the flavor a lot. Okay. It gives us this, um, I don't want to say tanginess, yeah. To it, but yeah, it's. I almost wonder if it's uh like you know we like salty and sweet things in combination. Like if maybe there's an aspect of it that that the peanut butter maybe brings a little bit. Not the peanut, sorry, the mayo 
is not salty generally, but maybe it brings kind of like a savory component to the sweet of the peanut butter. It could. It, like yeah. I said, that's another one that I haven't had in a while. But okay. Yeah, it's... Interesting. Well, I've heard it twice now, so I guess I'm going to have to try it one of these <laughs> days. <laughs> Finally, if you were having a last meal, what snacks would be? There? Ooh, snacks at a last meal. That's... <laughs> I, I think definitely a coffee crisper. Okay. That Classic. would have to be there. Yeah. Maybe chips, uh, all dressed chips, mm-hmm. but rippled, not mm-hmm. not just flat. Yeah, I I really like rippled chips. Okay, because like flavor pockets almost. Okay, yeah. So those two things, uh, and uh. and probably like I said earlier, Coke Zero. Like, gotcha. Those three snack things would have to be on the last meal, and maybe uh, like a pepperoni stick as well. Ah, I really yes. Like that. Perfect. So. Um, with the chips, do you have a preference? I I, I was. I asked because for an upcoming episode, I was looking for different brands of all dressed. And so there's, of course, Ruffles are kind of the famous ones. There's one called the Ridges, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Old Dutch has some. Do you, is brand important for you or, or are they all pretty much the same? Do you, or have you tried different all dressed and like one formula better than the other? I've tried a lot of different all dressed. I'd say 7-Eleven is probably down at the bottom because mm. they don't, they just don't have as much flavor like they're a decent chip Mm -hmm. but they don't have the flavor packed on like the ruffles do right Um, and even like pc brand they're they're all right okay yeah yeah they make some good chips president's choice they do yeah yeah and i like that they they do a lot of creative stuff um the last in a recent interview i interviewed your wife for this show and she was talking about a uh I haven't found it yet, but a, a feta and oregano and olive or something, and that's just not a chip you usually see. Like no. in, you know, when you're looking at like sour cream and onion and you know cheese and and, and uh, onion or whatever. So, yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the savory treat, or sorry, the sweet treat. Before we get into reviewing that, just some fun facts. In 1742, William Parks printed a copy of Eliza Smith's cookbook, The Complete Housewife. Chocolate almonds was the only chocolate recipe it contained, despite the popularity of chocolate among the wealthy at the time. This appears to be the earliest recorded incidence of almonds being covered in chocolate and served as a treat. Many places on the internet claim that July 8th is American National Milk Chocolate with Almonds Day, while November 7th is National Chocolate with Bitter Almonds Day. So we have the Hershey's sugar cookie flavored milk chocolate coated almonds. So this is a uh, looks to be a seasonal limited edition product new. It's got a snowflake on it and some Christmas trees in the background. So I don't imagine you'd be getting this in the middle of uh, July. What are your thoughts on these, Avery? I really enjoyed these. Yeah. Because when I first saw them, I thought it was just going to be a sugar coated outside of chocolate and just your regular chocolate flavor covered almond. Yeah. I was very surprised how well they incorporated a sugar cookie flavor into the chocolate. Mm. And it was really nice. It was a little bit lighter than your regular chocolate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that sugar cookie flavor really came out really nice. And I was I was very happy with that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to get going in. They aren't like, if I say chocolate covered almonds, something comes to mind right away. And they aren't like that. Yeah, they aren't exactly. like your typical chocolate covered almonds. It's almost like they're like dusted with cocoa, and I mean there is chocolate there. There's a, it's not like thin, 
So there is a, a chocolate pa pocket, but it's, I don't know, there's just something about the quality of that that doesn't remind me of what I usually associate with chocolate-covered almonds. And there was an interesting thing with flavors going on there. So, you know, I definitely tasted the chocolate, the nuttiness, you know, obviously that, that comes from the almond. I got like a, a hint of coconut. I don't know if you tasted that. And maybe that's part of the sugar cookie, and I'm I'm identifying that as coconut, but it's something else. I, I didn't get it, but I could have just missed it. I was, yeah, I just like the sugar cookie-ness. Yeah. It, so. And yeah, and I definitely, without tasting fake, like it didn't taste like someone in a lab created fake sugar cookie flavor. It did taste like I was getting a little bite of cookie yeah. with my chocolate and my almond. I was pretty exactly. impressed with that. Yeah, and that's that's what I thought too, and that's why I really like them. Yeah, no, not uh, not too bad. All right, well, that brings us to the time where we get to review all these products. So we have the Mountain Dew Merry Mashup, the pomegranate cranberry flavored, the Cheetos Bag of Bones, and the Hershey's Chocolate Covered Almonds Sugar Cookie Flavor. How, how do you, how do you uh, give stars to these, Avery? What's your, your thoughts? I give the Mountain Dew a two-star. Okay. Um, if I saw that again, I'd probably buy it. Yep. Especially during this time, I'd probably have another can of it. Yeah. The Cheeto bones, I'd probably give a one, and the chocolate's definitely a three. Yeah, I, I definitely want to. I'll go search those out again because yeah. they were that good. Cool. Well, there was another flavor too that I'm very curious about. They had a gingerbread flavor as well. Ooh, that would be. I'm curious about. If so. they executed the gingerbread as well as they executed the sugar cookie, I'm sure they'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm pretty much in line with your thoughts. The Mountain Dew, I, I thought it was very tasty, and, and I'm, I don't generally reach for Mountain Dew, but I like the pomegranate of it. And again, that it gave me that holiday feeling. Maybe I'm just uh, yeah. you know, susceptible to their marketing, but it reminded me of a holiday punch. Yep. I could see it as well, maybe um, you know, being well as a, co a cocktail mixer of some type. I don't know, you know, what what kind of booze you use with that, but I, you could probably experiment with that a little bit and have some fun with that. I um, think cranberry apple vodka. You know, that's a very good idea. Yeah, that <laughs> might be worth giving a try to. I might have to get another can of that. <laughs> So yeah, I would give it a, a 2.5, the, the Mountain Dew. I'm with you on the Cheetos. I don't think I would get these again. And uh, unfortunately, I bought two bags of them. So <laughs> you know, have to check and see if the, they make okay dog treats or something. But yeah, I, I would give those, um, you know, it, it, didn't, it wasn't a bad taste. I didn't find it unpleasant. I just didn't do much for me. So I definitely give it a, a solid one star. And the Hershey's almonds, I, I could eat those by the handful. So I definitely give yeah. those a three star as well. Now this uh, it's time for a segment I like to call Junk in the Trunk. Oh, what's in the box? Not what's in the fucking box? <laughs> okay, so in this segment, Avery, I open my junk food trunk. And I am going to pull out something that you're not sure what it is. And I hand that over to you. You give it a try. And then you tell me whether that should be put back in the trunk or if you're going to take it with you. Just give me your thoughts on that as you're trying. So since the listeners can't see what you've got, it's a, a ball of chocolate. Is that a gingerbread Lindor chocolate? It is, man. Now, you were the first person to guess it blind. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a Lindor chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, they've got that distinctive shape. Because we went out and bought... 100 Lindor chocolates the other day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Folks, when you try to fool someone who does a food podcast, <laughs> you, you might run into challenges. But I haven't tried this one. Okay. Okay. So you hadn't been exposed to it. It was just a, a uh, good guess because of the flavor profile. What I've been doing with Lindor chocolates is I sort of bite them not quite in half, mm -hmm. but I try to bite the outer layer of chocolate off and then try to have some of the inner chocolate flavoring. So that's what I did with this one. So that's why I was able to get the gingerbread. Mm. And there were little pieces of gingerbread in there really stuck out, and it was gave a different texture to it, which was really nice. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I um, just tried a little bit here while you were talking about it. Now, I also had their peppermint cookie for a recent episode. This was more um, successfully executed, I think. Okay. The peppermint cookie, at least the piece I tried, and maybe I just got a, a one that was you know kind of underwhelming, didn't have a lot of uh, crunch in it. This one had a good amount yeah. of crunch, and I... Yeah. Felt like I was eating little crispy ginger snaps. Yeah, and that's what I that different texture was really yeah. nice in there. The ginger snap, yeah. And the flavor sticks yeah. with you. The um the spiciness, like it, it yeah. tastes like like gingerbread or like a ginger snap or a molasses cookie, you know that kind of thing. So, but it's not overpowering, it, right? It rests in the mouth. Yeah, it rests in the mouth, really easy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get rid of that flavor, right? So it's it's there, and very subtle and nice. Awesome. So it sounds like that you're not putting this back in the trunk. You're taking it with you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. And I uh, enjoyed it more than I thought I would as well after the peppermint cookie was a little bit of a letdown. I thought this one was um, was very successful. But now it's time for junk mail. As a reminder, you can reach us via email at junkfoodiespod at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at junkfoodiespod. Today's message is from Brady A. He says, hey, JP. I seem to be the only person I know who has never tried KFC. I like chicken nuggets. I like chicken. But for whatever reason, I've never tried theirs. What is your junk food blind spot? Something everyone seems to have tried but you. I'll go ahead and answer Avery to give you time to think about that. Oh, boy. I mean, there's a lot of things I haven't tried. When it comes to junk, you know, the, the probably the big one, pardon the pun, is the Big Mac. I've never eaten a Big Mac. And I, my first job was McDonald's. There's something about that extra bread in the middle that I always thought just looked kind of weird. And then, the, you know, the iceberg lettuce they throw on there. Like, I'm not crazy about shredded iceberg lettuce on a burger, especially if it's kind of a greasy burger because the lettuce gets kind of hot and, like, wilted and, and a little slimy. And and the I was not a, a big fan of, like, mayo or anything mayo-based when I was a kid. I'm a little more tolerant of it now. But the sauce, I just wasn't interested in that secret sauce. And, yeah, it was just nothing. I was more of a quarter-pounder man, so... I've never had a, a Big Mac. One of these days, I'd probably try it and see what all the fuss is about, but that's definitely one of my blind spots when it comes to, to junk foods. What about you? Um, I was really trying to pin this down. You pointed out Big Mac, and I guess when I think probably like anything butterfly shrimp or coconut shrimp, stuff like that, I've right. never had it Right. because I'm not a huge shrimp fan. Yeah, so. so you've never tried coconut shrimp. Like You don't no. even know what that experience is like. No. Interesting. Yeah, and you're not, not a shrimp fan, so that would make sense. Now, you must have tried shrimp at some point to know you didn't like it. Just like a shrimp cocktail yeah, kind of thing? Yeah. Shrimp. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, yeah, I would say that's a big one. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you think about like appetizers at restaurants and stuff like, you know, sh coconut shrimp's a big one. So, yeah, you're not missing out on too much. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of shrimp, but like the heavily breaded and fried ones, uh, I don't think they add much to the actual experience of eating the shrimp. It's basically just the... At that point, I think you're just, you know, the coating and the flavor of the coconut, and, and um, it's not much on top of what's already there. So, 
Okay, well, that uh, basically brings us to the end of our episode, Avery. Now, uh, as I mentioned at the top, you have the Mess Hall podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and a little bit about that and what you guys do. It's slightly different than what we do here. So, Yeah, my wife and I, Lena, we do a rate and review show. or It's more just review now. Yeah. Uh, just we'll take a subject, whether, like I know you were on, and we did candy canes. So yeah. we had 10 different candy canes that episode. Yes. There was some good ones, there were some bad ones, but that's what we find with every episode that we do. We don't discriminate. We try to find all different flavors of one subject, whether it's licorice or chips or pumpkin spice. Yeah. And, you know, we just try them and tell people what we think, and it's kind of fun. And yeah, so you can find that anywhere. You can get podcasts, Stitcher, excuse me, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. iTunes. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, you can check out our website, Cool. which I'm working on right now, the messhallpodcast.com. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, but, um, on Twitter at the mess hall pod, Facebook, mess hall podcasts mm -hmm. without a T because I made a spelling mistake <laughs> and it's part of my ridiculous life and I refuse to go back and change That's it. That's hilarious. And That's awesome. Yeah. We have Instagram as well. I think it's at the mess hall pod as well. So. We're trying to do more social media. We're, we're not good at Twitter or yeah, Instagram well, a, getting pictures out. but It's a challenge, when, particularly when, you know, like both of us, we have day jobs and you're a family man, so you've got other obligations. So, you know, it, it can be hard to, you know, juggling all the different things to add yet another layer of something else I have to stay yeah. on top of to be on, on top of Twitter and stuff. But um, cool. And I, I will say as well, you guys have been doing this for, for uh, over two years now, right? Coming up soon, we have 91 episodes out wow. now. So. And a fair bit of those are, uh, what I found really interesting, kind of going to your back catalog, is that you're talking to people um, and kind of in an interview style, talking to them yeah. about food and, and their memories and what they like, what they don't like, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So, And some uh, really uh, interesting guests and a, a quite variety from comedians to chefs to you know food writers and, and bloggers and, and all kinds of different people. So... Yeah, so check that one out, guys, and, and definitely be sure to give it a good review. And, and um, if you're on Apple or what have you, uh, give it those stars because those are the kinds of things that help other people discover us and get us more listeners. I think that's all for now, Avery. I really thank you for being on the podcast again. I hope you had a good time. I did. It was great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. You're, you're always welcome. Being that we live in the same city, it's, uh, we should make this happen on a fairly frequent basis. Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks again for joining me. And anytime you want me on yours, you just let me know. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as a wise man once said, do everything in moderation, including moderation. Thanks, guys.